Welcome to the Rural Realities Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Farm Center Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. I'm Bill Baker. As we close out a challenging year, we look ahead at what farmers could be doing to alleviate some of the stress. Joining us on the Rural Realities Podcast is a panel of farm consultants to help out during this challenging time, and this group serves thousands of farmers each year. In 2020, from March through September, the center staffed more than 5,700 contacts with Wisconsin farmers on a variety of financial, business planning, and government program topics. So without any further ado, let's introduce our panel from the Wisconsin Farm Center. Frank Fryer, Jeff Swenson, Norm Monson, Tracy Brandle, Mike Lochner, Kevin Plant, and Jack Areta. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Jack, let's start with you about your thoughts, how farmers are dealing with the end of this year and looking at 2021. I think there's a fear of kind of the unknown. I mean, I think all of us have that fear a little bit because we went kind of through a good share of our life thinking we knew what tomorrow was going to bring and we knew how to react. And I think farmers get into set patterns and certain seasons bring certain uh, events. And when this uh, pandemic hit, I think it upset that apple cart. Their markets were upset, possibly labor, family. And I think the uncertainty has created a lot of fear in the country. I've had a couple of conversations around trying to summarize what 2020 is really going to end up being and then trying to take a look at what 2021 will be. It appears the milk price is very volatile at this point in time, and many producers are just trying to figure out what kind of prices are they going to need. I think it's it's important that a farmer, especially a dairy farmer, has a good understanding of the break-even costs so that they can make good marketing decisions around what it costs them to produce their product. And many of them do. It's a matter now of what kind of price opportunity will exist moving forward. Thank you, Jack. We're joined now by Farm Center Economic Consultant Frank Fryer. Frank, your thoughts? I think it's the fear they always have. And that fear is what kind of prices are they going to receive for the products they're producing? One thing I've heard farmers say lately, well, we have some positives in this, is most people are saying they're 30 days ahead of where they were last year. One farmer said, last year at this time, I was getting my combine out, and this year I'm putting it away. I will start on tillage. Farmers forget about some of the negative things going on because they go from one week to the next. They can have a couple good weeks in a row. It's really good for their mental health. Jeff Swenson joins us now. And Jeff, your thoughts about what farmers are thinking about as we close out the year? I think that we had seen a, a storm, not a perfect storm, but a storm in which we were really concerned about export markets. And there were disruptions to our export markets for various reasons while trade agreements were renegotiated. And then low milk prices and low commodity prices in general in a situation where there were some need for direct payments for farmers. So as we round out 
2020, we've seen farm income, 35 to 40% of it has come from direct payments from the government. And that's not necessarily the way that farmers want to operate. They want to see prices based on trade and domestic demand blowing up the market rather than being underpinned by government subsidies and programs. So that, that uncertainty of what happens if the government programs aren't there and the prices don't recover versus the prices recovering so we don't need the government programs. That's really a lot of the uncertainty right now. And COVID really was the, the egg going through the snake, if you will, because we didn't really know what the markets were going to do and we didn't know what they were going to do to dairy product demand, meat demand, other agriculture products demand that, that are grown in Wisconsin. So when food service really backed off and, and we weren't selling carton milk to schools any longer because schools weren't in session uh, early in uh, 2020, it really caused a concern about where that milk goes and how it's packaged. And, and it took time to repivot so that that product was able to be marketed through grocery stores. And that was the same for all products, all agriculture products. So we've really seen 2020 being an atypical year. And I think that there's uncertainty and concern that as we go into 2021, that we will continue with that uncertainty. COVID has taught us that, that our supply chains are fragile. And from a beef and pork standpoint, certainly we were concerned about future disruptions, but we need to keep in mind too that our consumers are, are under the same stress and they have the same uncertainty as far as prices go. They're changing their buying habits based on where they're, they're buying meat and, and other agricultural products and how much they're buying at any one given time. Uh, they've got the holidays coming up and they're concerned about how they're going to celebrate with their family and, and which parts of their family and how large and, and how they're going to prepare that, that meal. So this has really been a, a disruptive time. When it comes to prices for livestock producers, you know, the beef cattle sector has really been a challenge because we, we were backed up on the number of cattle that could go through the, the supply chain, both at our local butcher shops and, and the larger packing plants. And then we caught up, uh, but there wasn't pen space. So new, new cattle weren't going into the feedlots and, and we weren't filling that space because the cattle were, were there getting heavier and heavier, adding more meat to the market when we did get them processed and there was no pen space. So our feeder cattle were kind of hanging out in limbo. And now all of a sudden, when we're catching back up, we have a lot of cattle going on feed and are going to be ready all at the same time in the first quarter, end of the first quarter in 2021. So that's adding stress. And the demand for feeder cattle for our cow-calf producers is a, a definite question mark based on uh, grain crop, but prices that, that are continuing to go higher. And Wisconsin is one of the states that's seeing uh, great yields and, and great crop progress, but other states have certainly had the challenges. So that isn't necessarily a country throughout the whole United States. And then from a pork standpoint, uh, they've been haunted by the backup of pork supplies and hog supplies and not really knowing where that hog supply is and whether or not we can, uh, and by that I mean the, the, the reports have come out that said there, that there still is a, a large number of hogs uh, in the market that needs to go through the supply chain yet this calendar year, yet they really don't end up showing up in the market. So where are those hogs? And we are seeing a little bit of an up, uptick this week and probably next week as far as numbers go, but we need to cross our fingers and really hope that our 
packing companies and, and small butcher shops can do about 2.7 million hogs a week. And with the holidays coming up and, and of course, uh, COVID cases rising in rural communities, that really gets to be more trouble because we've been through this once already and nobody wants to see that happen again. And I think we're in a better spot as far as protecting our workers at the plants. But we remember uh, April and May and how tough that was on, on farmers and, and that weighs on their minds as well. Norm Monson joins us now. Norm, what are some of the concerns you're hearing with Wisconsin farmers? I think it's uncertainty. You know, we, we've we had this storm of the last five years in dairy, and then especially second quarter of 2020, the storms were so hard that five years of low prices and everything was hard. Five years takes a toll on people. And then we started out the year, you know, things were so good, or looking good. And then COVID came and everything crashed again. And now we're on top of that wave, we're on top of the mountain where things are good, the crops have been great, and it's been a wonderful growing year, or crop-wise, and milk prices, dairy prices are, you know, really real good. But it's that lingering weariness and uncertainty of the five years previous. And with COVID, I think there's a, a sense of uncertainty and worry that all of a sudden the bottom could drop out again. So that's, I worry about, I worry about uh, that in our farm families, is that they can't really enjoy these last five months or four months of, you know, good prices, because you always got five years and then the COVID uncertainty hanging over us. So we get a few more months, I think, people will settle in and yes we really are making some progress thank you norm and it always helps to have a safety net we're joined by tracy brandle with more on risk management tracy you know along with those discussions with their uh, lenders and their financial team where does the risk management tools come into play i know risk management might be out of the realm of some of the clients that we work with however the risk management conversation in the financial piece is going to be key moving forward into, you know, into this next year. You know, in some of my most recent conversations here this last week has come to tax liability. You know, as Jeff mentioned, a certain percentage of income came from the government this year. And in light of that, uh, tax liability, when it comes down to our CFAP, CARES money, the SBA loan options people had from EIDL to PPP, tax liability is is starting to become more into conversation uh, and what that's going to look like for the end of the year. Thank you, Tracy. We're joined now by farm consultant Mike Lochner. Mike, what can farmers be doing to alleviate some of these stressors? Well, I think we need to address, you know, the, the farmer needs to be aware of what his overall financial position is, whether or not, and in addition to that, understand where does he stand with his lender? Because that opens up a whole variety of discussions with the farm, with the farmer himself. You know, if he's current with his lender, everything is hunky-dory. But if he's not, that's when things can kind of make a turn and go head south in a, in a hurry. Thanks, Mike. We turn now to Jeff Swenson. And Jeff, you're saying there's more to it than just risk management. When we look at input costs continuing to go up, 
and farmers knowing their break-evens uh, and, and what they're going to do about that. So it's not necessarily just the risk management of trying to lock in prices for the product that you're selling, but for the prices uh, that you might be paying and really penciling out whether it, it pays to, to sell some corn at $4 or what you can get this year versus feeding it through uh, livestock or using it in other ways in the dairy farm and really managing your opportunities the best you can. Thanks, Jeff. Let's turn now to consultant Frank Fryer. And Frank, when we look at the producer's bottom line, what are some other things we should be focusing on? Well, I think when we talk about the cost of production, part of the income we receive, other things is kind of a basic foundation for all farm management is good records. If you don't have good records, you can't figure your cost of production. You don't know what your input costs are. You don't know what you're receiving. May when you get the last milk check, but people need to rely on having good, accurate records so they can make decisions that are sound based. That's a good point. Thank you, Frank. Now let's turn to Kevin Plant. And Kevin, what do you think some of the characteristics a farmer should have closing out this year? This year we talk about you know basic resiliency. I think with farmers it gets it's such a constant thing, and you just get to a point where you just throw up your hands and say, I can't take it anymore. Understanding and trying to recognize what are those things that are within my control and what are those that aren't, how do I manage and deal with those and and work with them? And the ones that aren't, what is, as was alluded to, what are the ways that I can protect myself or reduce the potential risk of a downfall of some kind, whether it's inputs or, or market prices or disease issues or equipment breakdowns or whatever the case may be. Thank you for those words, Kevin. Let's uh, turn now to Mike Lochner. And Mike, uh, what words of hope would you give farmers as we close out this challenging year? Well, first of all, if they're struggling, it depends on how bad they're struggling. Again, thinking back to if they're delinquent, you know, past due on their loans, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, they need to keep the lines of communication open with their lender. Now, that's a very good point. And as we turn to Jeff Swenson, though, Jeff, this is a, a bit of a different year for everyone. COVID is something new. And, and um, you know, how this has affected agriculture is something new. But market forces and, and uh, black swan events, the unexpected, have always been a part of agriculture, whether it's uh, due to weather uh, or other factors. So I, I think looking at this, we'll get through it. I think that Exports will help kind of underpin prices. I think that that we're at a point in time where there are government agencies and things that understand very well what farmers are going through. And and certainly they're looking at ways that that they could possibly help. And once we get through kind of this 2020 and in 2021, hopefully we'll get back to more regular buying patterns. And I don't necessarily mean that that's buying patterns of of consumers as they were before, but we'll understand them a little bit better and be able to uh, adjust a little bit better and understand where food service is going to be and just how many restaurants and, and cafeterias are going to be open and do a better job of managing production and, and packaging it into to the right ways to to help the consumer. And we are seeing a point in time where 
consumers are seeing some fatigue from cooking at home and, and how we can help those, whether it's uh, checkoff funded programs through the, the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin or the Pork Association or the, the NCBA and, and getting new recipes pushed out to consumers. That's really important to keep demand up for all agricultural products is to give consumers new ideas and, on how to utilize that and keep the demand where it is, make them comfortable to go to the grocery store, whether that's curbside pickup or ordering online. Agriculture will need to adjust and agriculture will. And once we understand what long-term effects this will be, agriculture has always done a really good job of adjusting to that. Yes, it seems experience really helps during these times. Right, Kevin? As someone who started their profession during the ugly age of the farm crisis, uh, I think of conversations that I've had with individuals that had to go through some type of change or adjustment through times, and they look back and say, you know, I survived this, and there is life through this, and we can stay resilient and see a better tomorrow, regardless of the direction that they happen to happen to go, whether they're able to keep farming going or whether they have to do something different. Uh, At the time, they surely didn't feel that way and they felt like they had failed themselves or failed others in what was happening to them. But today, when they look back at that, they will tell you that, you know, things are good today and we can survive this. And so I think one of the messages that we can let people know is that they're not alone in the the unfortunate situation that they might be having, whether that's financial or emotional or interpersonal with their family members, whatever the case is. And that as well as others, such as folks here at the Farm Center or others that are out there to help them work through this and to let them know, you know, that as the songs say, the sun will come up tomorrow and there is hope for the day ahead. Thanks, Kevin. Norm, would you like to add something to that? Follow up on that. You know, the sun will come up tomorrow. And if we think back six months, that would have put us in March or April. If we think back to those times, how dark the cloud looked. And I'm talking mainly dairy, but we were talking $12 milk. And if you had crops to sell, corn might be $2. We did not have any hopefulness in regards to a good growing season after all we've been through the last few years. You know, this has been tough here. There's absolutely no way to, no no way around it. But milk prices, nobody would have predicted this. And the grain prices, you know, they're strong. And the growing season has been great. And a lot of that is attributed to, you know, the government programs, both at the state and the national level they've helped tremendously. And so what I'm saying is that, you know, the rest of the country recognizes farmers. And then one unintended, I think, is that the COVID probably did more to promote fluid milk than any programming we've had in the last 20 years. When COVID hit, the fluid milk flew off the shelves. So I think that's going to create some buyer, you know, habits of buying fluid milk. So That's a side note. But anyway, I I think some good things are happening in spite of all the difficulty. For sure. Thanks, Norm. Jeff Swenson? I'm not really going to to add to any of that, but I think that we should mention that farmers aren't alone feeling the stress right now. It's pretty widespread throughout all our communities, whether people live in the city or rural areas. So I know that there's 24-7 helplines and things like that available through the Farm Center that maybe we want to talk about that now's a good time to reach out if feeling stress. 
That's a very good point, and I'll be uh, sharing some contact information, including a toll-free number here in just a moment. But first, a big thank you to all of our panel members from the Wisconsin Farm Center, Tracy Brandle, Frank Fryer, Jack Areta, Kevin Plant, Jeff Swenson, Mike Lochner, and Norm Monson. The Wisconsin Farm Center with the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection provides an array of different services to farmers and farm families across Wisconsin, including farm mediation, financial planning, herd-based diagnostics, the counseling voucher program, transition and succession planning, and much more. To learn more, you can call the Wisconsin Farm Center toll-free at 1-800-942-2474 or email them farmcenter at wisconsin.gov. Also, their website address is datcp.wi.gov. Also, if you're experiencing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or just need a welcoming ear to talk to, call the free and confidential 24-7 Wisconsin Farmer Wellness Hotline at 888-901-2558. That's 888-901-2558 to talk with a licensed mental health professional any day, any time. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Rural Realities Podcast.